Guys, 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 we're back. That's right, we're back again with a fresh episode, brand new episode, and I'm happy about that. I'm happy to be back here doing it. I'm glad that we're able to do it the way that we're doing it, and I'm just happy that there's anybody listening to the show, because if you're a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, guess what? We're already friends. We're already friends. We're nearly relatives. But anyways... Today, of course, we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 9 of the hit FXX TV uh, series, and this episode is called Charlie Goes America All Over Everybody. Ready, boys and girls, because here's where it gets good. Okay, now I do realize that it's probably been a while, and there's probably going to be some new listeners, so I do want to just reiterate to everybody who listens to the show that might be new, uh, what happens here is we actually, I kind of sit down and in time watch the episode and give my own commentary and random facts to you guys as I watch it. I kind of also build the show, I tell you what's happening scene by scene, Uh, it's actually broken down into five minute segments. I go through and break the show down into five-minute segments, and I talk about each five-minute segment, breaking it up individually throughout the show with a random, you know, uh, I forget what they're called, just hits, I guess you'd say, from uh, people in the show. So uh, let's do this, man. Season 2, Episode 9, Charlie Goes America, all over everybody. And this is, uh, I can start out by saying, this is the uh, episode that actually coined the phrase, Rock Flag and Eagle. Some of you might recognize that. Why you look so stupid? I'm sorry. I'm just playing. Okay, so this episode actually opens up 2.30 on a Saturday. And if you guys pay real deep attention or you, wa- you watch the show many a times, you'll notice things like I have where it'll be something like a Saturday at 2.30 and no one is in the bar. And that's okay sometimes because Saturdays are also dedicated to some people also having a job. But it's uh, Philadelphia. Why is there nobody in the bar? But they do that stuff on purpose to make you be like, oh, well, these guys are clearly not getting any business whatsoever. And it opens up with Mac, Dennis, D, and Frank. No Charlie just yet. And they're discussing uh, Deandra actually becoming an actress and saying that she failed. But Dennis is saying she can't fail because she didn't try hard enough. She wasn't really trying, Mac. Do you understand? This is easy to understand. I shouldn't have to explain this, sir. I mean, obviously, they're simply antagonizing uh, D to, of course, push her over the edge to do something drastic, such as get back into acting. All right, Charlie finally does come into the scene, and he's obviously been working down, like, in the basement or something like this because he's got, like, dish-cleaning gloves on. He's got some sort of a stick And he tells Dennis, hey, you know, I just killed three rats down there. Three very large rats, you guys. Do you not understand? And it becomes this whole argument about, uh, you know, being able to smoke inside the bar. And the argument basically stands on on the fact that there's a lot of smoking bans other places, and it, it should just happen. 
but Dennis is like, hey, it's a bar. You don't want to be around the smoke. Don't come into the bar. And Frank jumps in and mentions how he was in Vietnam, but it was in 1993, and he opened a sweatshop, and a lot of people died. There's also this really weird uh, consistency within television that I've noticed, and I think a lot of people have made the connection as well, where some of the best shows, some of the shows that tend to have the longest life, they have the most seasons, tend to have like the same opening sequence throughout. Basically, that just means Always Sunny has had... Kid. All right, so Charlie does uh, end up going on to the stage sort of deal with, uh, with Dee, and they, they plan to put on some sort of dramatic performance, and Dee only gets out one line, and Charlie says nothing and simply vomits on the ground. And uh, I've, I don't know how often this happens, but apparently it's a thing where, you know, somebody goes to perform in front of people, and they puke. I have never seen this, but I have seen a kid pass out uh, from standing and locking his knees for too long. I've also seen people fall off of, uh, you know, the, the the stage bleachers, if that makes sense, like a choir. You know how choirs, are, they stand on levels? I saw somebody fall off the top level one time during uh, some sort of a program. Interesting stuff. Seems more common than somebody just straight vomiting. I do hear a lot more about people vomiting before they perform, but still, one of the better episodes here, one of the stranger episodes, I'll say. Okay, so we end up back in the bar. Uh, they're still doing their thing, and they're still proceeding to get girls to flash them on camera for beads. And it's working, I guess, until uh, one of Frank's friends ends up behind Mac and Dennis during one of the shoots, and he's just a creepy-looking guy. That's it. That's all you can say. Okay, so since uh, I just mentioned how the, you know, Frank's friend was standing behind them, the same girl walks by and proceeds to act like, oh, sure, I'll, I'll show you my boobs again uh, for the second try for those beads. Yippee. And once again, there's somebody weird behind Mac and Dennis. Guess who? The McPoyles. That's right, the McPoyle brothers. And they're the creepiest, uh, probably the creepiest relatives or brothers on any television ever. So, Alan, uh, do we have any sharp knives is something that Frank ends up asking because Alan is going to start betting fingers if he loses another hand. And this is when the guys come to the conclusion like, hey, we gotta, we gotta start setting up some rules because this isn't working. So they decide, Frank... Take, you, take yourself and your friends down to the basement. And in this basement, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. That means anything goes, folks. That means anarchy. But, of course, Frank goes down there with his friends, and they stay upstairs, still kind of running the same deal. The McPoyle brothers are still as weird as ever. They want glasses of milk. And apparently they don't follow as to why everyone... They don't get why everyone thinks they're so strange. So the next morning, uh, Charlie and Dee end up coming back to the bar. And it looks uh, devastating, to say the least. There's people passed out all over the place. It is disgusting looking. And that's got to make you wonder. Outside of just Charlie, how do they keep this place so tidy? Is Charlie really that advanced of a 
uh, what, a cleaning guy? What do you even call him? A janitor? I don't know. Because if that's the case, he could be making a lot more money doing the same work. Uh, Mac and Dennis actually come around the corner and kind of meet Charlie and Dee. And Dee's like, it looks like Jonestown in here, which is a great joke. Um, they end up telling her, like, you know, we're, we're just having a great time. That's what this is. We're having fun. And there's still music playing, but she doesn't know where it's coming from until they find out it is coming from the basement. And Frank and, their, and his friends have been going all night. That's right. And during this scene, when Mac, Charlie, Dennis, and Dee are actually together in the bar, this is where you hear Charlie's uh, influential rock flag and eagle song. And I'll tell you because I, I, I've listened to the commentary on this episode and what actually happened for them to come up with this song is Charlie basically just wrote the lyrics, or I think Dennis actually maybe, Glenn Howerton, wrote the lyrics based off of uh, like Chevy commercials, Rock, Flag, and Eagle. Yeah, if you don't get that, just watch one of the old commercials, 2010, 11, whatever. Watch one of those commercials and tell me it doesn't feature all of those things. Rock. Uh, the McPoyles actually end up showing up behind Charlie, and they're, of course, freaking him out, not fans, uh, because Charlie's the one that got him in trouble. I've contained my rage for as long as possible, but I shall unleash my fury upon you like the crashing of a thousand waves! So Dee uh, tells Charlie that she doesn't want to be a part of his protesting anymore, and she proceeds to go get somebody who will help her look good. And she goes and gets her friend Artemis, who you guys might have heard of. Uh, she's the one that licks Dennis's face in one of the earlier episodes. And it's, it's great. She's super funny. She's very talented, this, this Artemis. Her real name is actually Artemis. And she's great in this show. She, like, from the first moment you meet her, you're like, this, she gets it. She's very funny. And Dee wants to use her to her advantage and try to get somebody else who is as good or worse than her because her plan is to always make herself look good. So she's trying to get uh, Artemis to come do this thing with her. And, of course, Artemis is down. Now we end up back in the bar with Mac and Dennis, and now it's overrunning with Mick Poyles because it's a large group of people, large family, and not the ones you want in your establishment. Not going to make it look good. But, uh, yeah, of course, Artemis and Dee decide to go, go about their ways and take it to the sidewalks. Very entertaining. Very odd choice. So the performance obviously goes splendidly when Charlie comes up swinging a broom, screaming Attica. Because that's his, I don't know, what happened? How did he get to that point? But it is great, because anytime Charlie's got a bandana on and he seems to be fighting for a cause he doesn't know really much about at all, <laughs> he's very funny. Too much freedom brings, uh, you know, a lot of interesting things. A lot of weird things going on that you wouldn't expect. People are just straight taking advantage of the freedom. You give them an inch, they take a mile. And this episode ends with a very... <laughs> Frank and his buddies are still in the basement. Nobody knew what was going on until the very end of this... Uh, until the very end of the episode. And they're actually playing a game of Russian roulette. And it doesn't go well for one of his friends, but it does make this episode that much more entertaining. And like I said, they always have a strange or very relevant topic to talk about every episode, and they do it so comically. It makes it easier to digest. 
that the that there is an underlying issue. But it's my favorite show of all time. And this has been the It's Always Funny in Philly podcast, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at AlwaysFunnyPod. That's always F-U-N-N-Y-P-O-D. Donate to the show at Patreon.com slash PodCulture. P-O-D-C-U-L-T-U-R-E. Ready, boys and girls, because here's where it gets good. the same intro since they started and it's uh, i bring this up because it's one of my favorite it's one of the best intros i've ever heard in a show it's so good it's just i don't know it draws you in you get it so right after the opening sequence it's it's uh charlie and d now and they are outside some place and there's a fountain and this guy's talking about because he's standing in front of body bags he's saying you know, this accounts for all the smokers and whatnot. They're just at some sort of conventional thing. I don't know what it is. Just like a guy talking on a soapbox. And they're into it. They like his energy. Yeah, sure. Okay, so what proceeds to happen is uh, Charlie and... He tells D, I want to be a part of this action. I need to be a part of this. So he goes over and he says... So the guy who's who was doing all the talking, he's outside the van, they're packing up stuff. And Charlie's like, hey man, how do I get, you know, how can I be a part of the cause? How can I join up? And he tells him, you know, you're going to have to go to the website. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I want to be a part of the actual cause here on the main line or the front line or whatever he says. And it basically gets to the point where they, they kind of have a confrontation. Charlie gets upset because the dude starts smoking after having this whole, uh, you know, spiel about smoking, and Charlie's not cool with it, and the guy, like, squares up with him, and Charlie's like, oh, you want to throw at the Patriot? You want to throw at the Patriot? And get in your van and drive out of my face. Wild card, bitches! Okay, now we're back in the bar with Mac, uh, Frank, and Dennis, and they're basically just discussing the hypocrisy that goes within being a bar. Why can't we sell booze before noon on Sunday? Why can't we... I don't remember what it all was, but yeah, they're they're spitballing as to the ridiculous rules that go with uh, being bar owners. Eventually leading to them coming up with some sort of scheme or plan to uh, better fix the rules in a sense, at least in their minds. I, I wish I could sit here and just deny how fascinating uh, Glenn Howerton's character of Dennis is it's such a bizarre character, but it's so beautifully done. And just over the time of watching the show, as many times as I have, you just grow to be like that guy. You know, there's something not right. But it's so funny. How can you not be a fan of it? You're like, what's going on here? It gets creepier and creepier. But it's so smart that they they were able to... Stuff like this is what we need in television, right? Just let it all hang out, go for it, and see what lands, you know? And in most cases, that's why I believe this show has been as successful as it's been because they have went balls to the wall in many occasions. And that's why I think, much like Seinfeld had it 
had the same success or better success, whatever you want to say, uh, is because they weren't afraid to touch on taboo topics. They would go in head first and they would do it with the best comedy in mind. Okay, so now we are actually in uh, Deandra's apartment and they're Charlie and Deandra are discussing what their necessary next steps are going to have to be. And they're stretching, and Charlie's not into the stretching, of course. Why would he be? But um, they get to a point where they're talking about how Charlie needs to find his breath. you got to find your breath, Charlie. You're not an actor. And she's like, you got to learn to breathe from your diaphragm. <laughs> and Charlie's like, what's a diaphragm? She's like, it's like, he, he's like, is that, I thought that was the, and he just pantomimes, like, going to his vagina. And it's great. It's just funny. It's just good, good fun. And I'll tell you, uh, because I've watched so many of these seasons, so many of these episodes, it's a rare occurrence for Dee and Charlie to work together. It, it's happened probably like five or six times, but it's, you know, when I say work together, it's like when the characters tend to split off and start doing a different thing outside of each other. Well, Dee actually does convince Charlie to find his breath, and that's because she's like, oh, all this stuff could happen to you. You know, you could have crazy anxiety attack performing in front of people because you're not an actor. This is something new to you. Your body could just seize up. And then it goes to where we're back in the bar. Uh, Mac and Dennis are now treating the bar as if it's some sort of Mardi Gras situation. They're giving girls uh, beads, which is such a weird exchange giving girls beads for uh, flashing them. And basically what's happening is the bar has become <laughs> ground zero for all-out fun and no rules. Oh, and gambling. No restriction. Now this is great because Frank is once again gambling, as I mentioned, uh, with his, his friends that have been around for some time. I don't know where he finds these guys. But he always seems to have the same group of guys when it comes to his gambling. If he's going to gamble, those are going to be the guys that he's going to gamble with. And I guess one of them's name is Alan, which seems strange <laughs> and it makes it even funnier. But he is about to uh, gamble his wife, uh, his wife's glass eye, I think, or his some. Gross. My roommate was a frog kid. You ever see a frog? 